0: imagine that this is a countdown timer it's going to start from like 20 countdown well actually i don't know maybe it'll start from 18 or 17 maybe 30 not sure just imagine that it's a countdown timer because we don't have a countdown timer i'll just be quiet and you can enjoy the fire Is that gas can still in the fire? Oh, yeah. Hello, everybody. Well, good evening, everybody. It's Chris here from Stop Cafe in Mural, Alberta. I'm going to try something new tonight. Uh, there were some people that said that I have a face for radio, so I figured I would do a live stream while it's dark. Check it out, it's actually a pretty nice night. You can't really see. I guess you'll just have to take my word for it. It is a nice night. So uh, I've actually been trying to do a live for quite some time, but I haven't been able to because uh, internet service out here in Mirror is just horrible. uh, Sorry, not internet service, cellular service. Uh, So the government's promise of uh, increasing rural internet speeds has not happened here in Mir. Anyway, a couple things I want to talk about tonight, and I'm going to rattle them off as best I can uh, so that everybody knows what I'm going to talk about, and then you can remind me later because I will forget. Partly due to, my friend... Corona Extra. Anyhow, I want to talk a little bit about some of the buzz that's going on about the uh, uh, the ruling on the Ingring Pace in which Justice Romaine ruled that the CMOH orders were ultra virus or illegal. I want to talk about that a little bit. Uh, I'd like to touch on the Government halting the renewables programs and licensing uh, for six months. And what else was there? I think that was it. No, there was something else. I'll remember it later. Anyway, let's start with talking about uh, Justice Romaine and her ruling that the CMOH orders were illegal. ultra So the Ingram case uh, was the Alberta government and Alberta Health Services versus Rebecca Ingram. So Rebecca opened her gym against the COVID restrictions, much like I opened my restaurant, and found herself on the wrong side of the law. So she challenged the mandates and the restrictions and the charges, just like I did. Uh, She was one of the first to do so, and she also had charter and constitutional challenges within her case. So everybody else's stuff was kind of hinging on that ruling. I mean, my lawyers have been waiting on the Ingram decision for years, actually, and we finally got it. And the court ruled that the orders that the health, the chief medical officer of health, orders were illegal. Now the ruling is kind of bittersweet. It's a win in that people like me and thousands others, thousands of others like me. Whose businesses were adversely affected not by a pandemic or by a virus or anything, uh, but by government policy, may have a chance at some remedy, and the reason for that is because the government really dropped the ball. Uh, in in the politest, I'll say it in the politest way possible, they really effed it up big time. So what happened was Dina Henshaw gave cabinet, Jason Kenney's cabinet, I want to point that out, Jason Kenney's cabinet. That's the other thing I wanted to talk about. Anger. So Dina Henshaw gave Jason Kenney's cabinet uh, a little smorgasbord of ideas on how they could handle the pandemic, how they could handle the pandemic. Jason Kenney and his cabinet then made decisions as to what they wanted the CMOH to do. And then she did it. That's illegal. In cases like an actual pandemic that threatens the province, the CMOH has powers um, as a physician to do all sorts of things. Um, They can use any property, public or private, to make sure that Alberta is healthy and safe. Has nothing to do with politics, nothing to do with the government, and everything to do with a doctor doing doctory things. So when a politician gets their fingers in there and they decide what policy and what uh, laws are going to be put into place to deal with these things, it's no longer a physician doing it. It's the government, it's politics, and that is illegal. It is illegal for the government to do that. So that's what happened, and the judge saw that. Actually, I I really do have to give a shout-out to my friend Gil McGowan with the... uh, Alberta Teachers Association and their willingness to mask our children in school. They actually sued the government when the government dropped the mask mandates in schools and uh, wanted them to remask our kids. So their lawyers went before the Justice Romaine and said, "Hey, you know," or Justice Dunlop and said, "Hey, you know, we uh, this this order is illegal because cabinet made the order. It wasn't Dina Hinshaw. And Justice Dunlop said, "Okay." I'm going to rule on this and I rule that yes, that order was illegal because it was made by cabinet, not by Dina Hinshaw. So sure, the, the order to remove masks off children was illegal as were all of the other orders. <laughs> so thank you to Gil McGowan uh, and the NDP actually for uh, proving that the mandates and restrictions were illegal. Now here's the scary part in her ruling. And, uh, doing something that she's not supposed to do as a justice here in Alberta, she spoke to the constitutional issues at the heart of this matter. And she said that... Oh, who am I kidding? She kissed Dina Hinshaw's ass is what she did. She shelled for the government harder than Gil McGowan. I mean, it was... I read that almost the entire decision. It's 90 pages. And it was... uh, There was a lot of oh, Dina Hinshaw did so great under pressure. Oh, you know, she managed this pandemic so well and did everything so right, and it was all so great, but oh, just too bad that Cabinet made the decisions and the orders instead of her. Otherwise, it would have all been legal. So what Justice Romaine said was the orders that that came from the CMOH would have been legal and would have stood up to a constitutional or a charter test if they had been given by Dina Henshaw. Now, that should scare you, as it scares me. Had this not happened, had Jeff Rath and Leighton Gray not pursued this avenue and uh, and uncovered the fact that Cabinet made the decisions instead of the CMOH, we would have lost our constitutional challenges. We would have lost our charter challenges. Justice Romaine would have said, nope, the government's allowed to do those things. The government's allowed to shut down your business. They can lock you in your homes. They can make you... um, They can... They can make your parents or your grandparents die alone, or maybe they can see you on an iPad. Uh, they can mask your children in school. They can do all those things, and it's constitutional. Is that, does that not worry you? It worries me. If things had gone differently with the Ingram case, if the ATA hadn't have tried to put masks back on, on children, we may be in a different situation. But here we are. We had a bit of a win, and I say we had a win because if the CMOH orders were declared to be illegal, then people like me, and potentially people like you, and people like my friend Marla, and my friend Deb, and Carrie, who had their businesses annihilated through illegal orders that violated our charter and constitutional rights, that's right in the decision as well, because the orders weren't done in the right way, they violated our charter rights. We, we have a fighting chance. But I can guarantee you that the government's not going to make the same mistake again. The CMOH isn't going to make the same mistake again. And next time this happens, maybe it'll be to do with climate because our federal uh, top doctor, Teresa Tam, has stated that climate, climate change is the most devastating impact to our health at this time. So the federal government is actually trying to take our uh, sovereign jurisdiction as a province uh, over healthcare away from us because climate and environment is their portfolio. And if those things are affecting our health, well, then it's up to them to keep us safe, right? So they can do these things. Now, there are a shit ton of Facebook posts out there absolutely slamming me Calling me controlled opposition and oh I just lost everything for Alberta because of this bullshit. You're a bunch of idiots if you're saying that. Oh, sorry, did I offend you? I'll change what I said. You're a bunch of idiots if you said that. Nothing changed. The law hasn't changed. the situation didn't change. We merely pointed out that, hey, these things are allowed if we allow them or if we let them be allowed. We have a little bit of a kind of escape hatch here because the orders were done wrong. Next time they may, might not be done wrong and, and and we could be subject to those that kind of tyranny again. That's not my fault. I didn't rewrite history. I didn't change the law. All I did was push forward just like Rebecca Ingram did and didn't back down. And now we see what the truth is. And the truth is, we live in a very scary time. So, you can take that as you may. No, this isn't the win that I wanted because I wanted a charter challenge win. I wanted a constitutional win. I wanted to say as a Canadian and as an Albertan, no government, you can't do those things to me unless you can prove it's justifiable. But unfortunately, the system and structure that we find ourselves in allowed to happen. And I'm not saying i'm not saying that the, the government even has to prove it. Do you know what the proof was that the court demanded? I thought hey, you know, if we bring a bunch of scientists and doctors and pathologists to court and they testify, saying, no, we didn't need to do this, we shouldn't have done this. As a matter of fact, we should have done something completely different. While well, the court would look at the scientific evidence, and they would weigh it on the scales of justice, and justice would prevail, our charter rights would prevail, it would be found that the government wasn't justified in infringing on our rights. But that's not the case. What the courts are doing They're saying things like, you know, uh, we don't care that you're bringing 72 scientists and experts to speak on this matter. Um, We're not going to listen to the science because as judges, we're not scientists. So we have to defer to the experts. You know what experts they're deferring to? The CMOH. That's right. Dina Hinshaw can say, there's a pandemic. I can say, "Um, I'm literally looking around me and there is no pandemic, the hospitals are empty. I can take Dina Hinshaw to court because she's costing me hundreds of thousands of dollars in my business by lying and saying these things are happening. And the court says, all the evidence I need is the expert's testimony that there's a pandemic. And the CMOH is the expert. That's why we're in this pickle. So what do we do about it? Well, um, we've got some things to change, that's for sure. So many of you know that I took on a role within the Alberta Prosperity Project on the leadership team, and I'll I'll continue to say that the way out of this is by Alberta standing up and saying enough is enough. If the federal government wants to go down this ridiculous, lunatic path where we destroy ourselves in the pursuit of, I don't know what we're pursuing, because it, it's not health and it's not climate, but if we want to destroy ourselves for these things, Alberta shouldn't go with them. I don't, I don't really understand why uh, so many. I shouldn't even say so many. I, I don't even understand why a handful of people would consider me speaking to these things as a negative thing, or I'm the enemy somehow, or somehow I've I've harmed the freedom movement. I'm speaking to the facts of what's going on around us right now. I'm telling you the same thing I told you three years ago. And that is, if you don't start standing up and speaking out and using your voice and changing some of these laws, changing some of these rules, we're fucked. My message hasn't changed. I even dropped dropped the F-bomb three years ago a lot. I still do it today because it's appropriate. So that's where we are. And I would... I would caution you, actually, I would advise you to use caution. When you hear people slamming people like me, who are merely telling you what's going on and, and advocating for you getting involved and using your voice, if they're saying things like, oh, well, you know, Chris isn't talking about the how the judge said this or the judge said that. Yeah, I did talk about it. I've given you the warning that these things are allowed. I've given you the warning that if we don't change things and this happens again, we're screwed. Um, I would caution you, or I would advise you to use caution when dealing with those people, because if they're going to trash other people who are really trying to do something, trying to make a difference, trying to change things for the better, and they're offering, you no real solutions. You need to ask yourself, why are they doing that? Why? Is it for political purpose? Is it for fame? Is it for fortune? Do they want better live streams? I say things all the time on my live streams that piss people off. And, and they, they say, I'm not going to support you anymore because you don't believe this. You don't believe that. I don't give a shit if they don't support me because I don't believe the same things. That's not why I'm here. I'll tell you what I see. I'll tell you my opinions. I'll I'll share my, my message with you as best I can. And if you don't like it, bugger off. I don't really care. But not everybody's like me. And I guess some people want to do everything they can to sabotage others or make others look bad. So they look better. There's some politicians out there right now, who all they do is talk about how bad everyone else is. Everyone else is so bad. If you don't If you vote for them, you're evil. If you vote for them, you're not a Christian. If you vote for them, you're going to hell and you're going to have to answer. The only person that can save you is me. Bullshit. That's all bullshit. And you should see right through it, just as I do. If anyone tells you, all the politicians are bad, they're all evil, they're all complacent in murder, and they're all genocidal bastards, they're lying to you. And they're doing it so that they become the only option for you to support. Well, I can tell you right now, I've met a lot of people in our government. I've met a lot of really good people, a lot of honest people, maybe people that don't have the courage that you do, or I do, or some of the people uh, that we know do, but they are good people. They know that what's happening is wrong and they wanna change it. And they're trying to do that from within a horribly difficult system they're not bad people. They're not evil people. Some of my friends have even been rebuked in the name of Jesus Christ for supporting a certain political party. Are you kidding me? Who else do we know that ostracizes everybody who doesn't buy into every single thing they believe in? Oh, it's the loony left. They do that. You don't use specific pronouns. You don't believe that Men can menstruate. You don't believe that men should play women's sports. You don't believe uh, that there is no God. Oh, we're going to ostracize you. Well, guess what? Our freedom side is doing that too. You want to support that political candidate? How dare you? You're going to hell. Fuck off. Pardon me. Did I say that out loud? Did I actually say it? Yeah, you upset the dogs. I upset the dogs. I'm sorry. I apologize for the F-bomb, but honestly... I'm getting really, really sick of it. And I'm specifically getting really sick of watching good, honest, hardworking people who are trying to make a difference be slammed by political hacks. There you go. Anyway, what was next? Was it as important as what I just talked about? Nothing I talk about is really all that important, is it? In the grand scheme of things, we're kind of just a speck floating through the universe. Or maybe the universe was created for us and we're the most important thing in it. Mm -hmm. Who knows? What was the second thing? Is it in the comments? Mm. It was... Ah, renewables! (laughs) So, I read a very funny Twitter today. It actually made me LOL. Or is it LOL? I'm not sure. Anyway, I, I laughed out loud when I read it. There was an NDP politician... And they said something to the effect of, oh my goodness, how dare the UCP cancel free electricity. Free electricity bring is good for the province and it brings our power bills down. What are you doing to me? Why are you doing that? Why would you do that? Yeah. Rude. How is that rude. That's more bullshit. This, the renewables that this NDP MLA is talking about are not free. As a matter of fact, they have raised our power bills and our natural gas bills substantially over the last 10 years. Do you remember what you used to pay for electricity or you used to pay for gas? Well, we have 10 times more renewables right now than we did before. And our bills are higher. Why is that? It's because it's not free. The same fake political Oh, what are they clowns who tell you that we need to transition to renewables? and stop using oil and gas so that we can we can save the planet and save money while we're doing it, are lying to you. Those who are telling you, oh, we need to stop all these oil and gas subsidies are completely hypocritical. The only way renewables exist at this point is with heavy government subsidies. It costs the taxpayers billions of dollars in this province, billions, we're still paying for the NDP Uh, shuttering our efficient and clean coal plants here in Alberta. These renewables are not free electricity. The electricity costs up to 10 times as much as it costs to use our resources that we have enough of for a 1,000 years. And it occurred to me that these people lying about these issues isn't the worst part. The worst part is that people actually believe it. Yeah. They do. They believe that wind and solar is free. Well, if it was free, why would you be offered uh, an extra charge on your electricity bill to use more renewables? It's because it's so expensive, it's unsustainable. Now, let's get back to the topic. The UCP paused renewable development, i.e. wind and solar, for six months. They didn't do that because they don't wanna use wind and solar. They did that because what's happening right now is we are using thousands and thousands of acres of farmland that should be growing food and feeding the world for solar panels and windmills. Oh, what's wrong with that? It's free power, right? No, it isn't. It's not free. It's ridiculously expensive and has to be subsidized by the taxpayer. If that's not bad enough, Now we're giving up farmland in a world where millions of people starve to death every year and we're using it because we're so virtuous to use the sun's power instead of the power that we were gifted through uh, hydrocarbons. And even worse, does anybody here have a problem with how many oil and gas wells are needing to be abandoned in this province right now? Probably a lot of you do the oil and gas sector um, drop the ball on cleaning up after themselves. And I'm not talking about oil spills and, and releases and stuff like that. I'm talking about literally a cemented in well bore that's sticking out of the ground. If you've ever seen a suspended but not abandoned well, it's it's just a it's a, a chunk of steel sticking out of the ground. It's not ugly. It's not gross. It's not dirty. It's not stinky. It's none of those things. It's just there. And the green left is losing their minds because these aren't being cleaned up. Now, by cleaned up, what I mean is we go in, we cement off the perforations so that the producing formation can no longer put fluids in the wellbore. We plug it off, and then we we uh, dig it up, and we cut the casing off below the below the surface, and then we fill it back in. That's it. Done. It's gone. Uh, no more eyesore. The left loses their minds about these wells. There's a lot of them in Alberta that need to be cleaned up. And the reason there is, is because the rules were kind of stupid. Um, it Originally, when we started drilling in this province, there was no requirement to be to have a plan to abandon the well in the future. We just drilled wells all over the place. It was uh, called wildcatting. We just went crazy. We were punching holes in the ground faster than who? I don't know. I don't know what. I can't think of an age-appropriate analogy there. Anyway, we drilled a lot of wells. We didn't have a plan to, to clean them up. And now we're cleaning it up um, 50 years later. But we are cleaning them up. Now the left wants to install thousands of acres of solar panels on farmland with no plan to clean it up. That's right. When you have a 25-year cycle of solar panels on farmland, what do you think happens to that farmland? It's dead. It's dead. It doesn't get proper rain, it doesn't get proper sun, nothing grows under the solar panels. They spray pesticides to keep the uh, vegetation under control. The farmland is pretty much useless for 25 years, if not more after. And actually, we don't know how long after that it's going to be useless because we haven't done it yet. So there's no plan. And that's the biggest problem most people have with these solar panel installations, besides the obvious that we're using good farmland to do it, which is weird because. It's the cities that want renewables for the most part. I mean, yeah, the farmer that's got uh, four sections of solar panels getting hundreds of thousands of dollars a year from the government to do it. I mean, they like it, but we don't use The average person doesn't like it. Anyway, Edmonton has 80,000 plus roof surfaces that they can put solar panels on. They want the free power in the city. And yet we don't have a plan to put solar panels on all the rooftops there. Why is that? Why are we using the farmland? And what happens after those solar panels are no longer economically viable for the uh, energy operator that's managing them? Did you know that still to this day, a company can say, okay, I'm going to be Chris and Kerry solar power. I'm going to go pick out 20 properties throughout the province, and we're going to install solar installations on them, heavily subsidized by the government. We're going to make millions of dollars. And we're gonna create a separate company for each solar installation. So Joe's farm, oh, that's uh, Chris and Carry Solar Installations A. Uh, Bill's farm, well, that's Chris and Kerry Solar Installations B. Uh, Alejandro's farm, that's Chris and Carry Solar Installation C. And of 25 years, Chris and Carry Oil or Chris and Kerry Solar doesn't want to clean up these things. So as the installations reach the end of their life cycle, the companies go bankrupt because, oh, they're no longer sustainable. We can't pay our bills anymore. We can't afford to clean these up. Company folds. Who's held accountable? Nobody. The farmer's left with hundreds of acres of solar panels on dead farmland that somebody has to pay to clean up. That's what's happening right now. We're wildcatting renewables because, I don't know why, because it's virtuous, because... Every bird blender that goes up, there's people on the left celebrating, thinking we're saving the planet, even though for every megawatt of renewable energy that we have on the grid, we have to have one megawatt of of hydrocarbon energy on the grid to back it up because the sun doesn't shine all the time and the wind doesn't blow. None of it makes sense. What's that? What's happening? Why are you taking that? I need you to open that, please. Oh. <laughs> Pardon me. Thanks. There you go. Thanks. So that's why the government is pausing. They're not pausing for the reason I'd want them to pause, which is, no, we're not going to be virtue signaling uh, self-destructive idiots and phase out hydrocarbons and only use wind and solar. We're just pausing because we want to make sure we can manage the cleanup when the time comes. We have to have a plan in place, as we have to have a plan in place for every impact we have on the environment. But for some reason, the loony green left gets a free pass and expects that they can just put these things up at all costs, when the cost could be we no longer have the farmland and the taxpayer has to pay to clean it up anyway. Good job, UCP. Good job. Now, let's take it a little bit further and dispute the facts of climate change. How's that sound? Sounds great to me. Speaking of disputing the facts of climate change, well, not speaking of that, actually, that made me think of uh, um, cattle and their flatulence, which, of course, is under attack as well. They're talking in Parliament right now about phasing out certain species of cattle and... uh, switching everyone over to synthetic food so that the cows fart less and we save the planet. What could possibly go wrong? Speaking of cattle, September 8th, 9th, and 10th, guess what's happening? Anyone know? I'll wait. Sharon, I didn't put something on the fire on purpose. It's because it's probably better. It's probably better if it's dark and people can't see my face. September 8th, 9th, and 10th in Bashaw, Alberta at the Bashaw Ag Society grounds, the Chris and Kerry Productions present the second annual Bibles and Bulls Rodeo. I know, everyone's doing rodeos. You wouldn't believe how hard it was to find a weekend where there wasn't other rodeos going on. And we still failed. There's another rodeo going on. Uh, it's It's kind of far away though, so it's fine. Yeah, September 8th, 9th, and 10th. Carrie and I and our production company, Chris and Carrie Productions, are putting on a rodeo and it's going to be fantastic. Um, it's not going to be just bulls this time. We're going to have bulls and other stuff, of which I probably shouldn't say because we haven't finalized it yet. But we're going to do everything we can. Uh, we'll be doing barrels. I'm hoping to see some wagons there, although they're pretty busy that weekend up in Bonnyville. So we likely won't get very many, but we're going to do them as much as we can. Friday night, we're going to have music and karaoke. Saturday night, we're going to have a lot of music with a very, uh, a very good headlining band who you're all going to enjoy. And of course, there will be beer and tons of camping. We've rented a pile of green space so we can accommodate probably, I would say at least 300 trailers, 300 campers, um, in addition to the trucks that are going to be needed for the animals. So we're going to make it a, a fantastic weekend. So... September 8th, 9th and 10th, book it off and get your ass to Bashaw and join us at the second annual Bibles and Bulls Rodeo. Ah, yes, and it is called Bibles and Bulls, just like the one we did at the Whistle Stop was last year. Um, Sunday morning, we'll be doing Cowboy Church, uh, probably Saturday morning as well, actually. And uh, I'm hoping to have something awesome for the kids, a more kid-oriented thing to do on Sunday morning. And then we'll wrap up about 1 p.m. And that is in Bashaw, Alberta, which is 12, pardon me, 15 minutes north of Mir on Highway 21. Bashaw, Alberta. So, be there or be somewhere else, I guess. What else was there? There was one more thing I wanted to talk about. Hmm. Hmm. I can't remember. Maybe that was it. I'm going to enjoy the fire. I'm going to have one more beer and I'm going to go to bed because I have a big day of doing things tomorrow, including waitressing? Yes. Yes. You waitressing are, tomorrow. Eight. Yeah. So, all right. Have a great night, everybody. Thanks for putting up with me for as long as you have. I hope you have a great night and we'll see you tomorrow. What's this? Please don't use Alberta wildies. I will not support all horses being taken. Not sure what that means. I don't think people use the wild horses, but all horses were wild at one time, weren't they? Talk about aliens. Yeah, no such thing. Aliens are distraction used by secular society to explain the rapture when it happens. Oh, it was aliens. Aliens must have took, took everybody. It couldn't possibly be the rapture because, you know, the Bible's fake. No, just my opinion. Anyway. Oh, look at that. Night, everyone. Talk to you later. (laughs) Don't fall in there.